What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Off The Waitlist Podcast. I'm your host, Moses Yim. And episode 24, we got a very special guest. Her name's Elena Chung. I met her through Amazon Halo. She's a yoga instructor, movement specialist. She was even Russell Wilson's personal yoga instructor. So we dive into all that and a whole lot more. So really excited for you guys to hear her journey, her perspectives, and all that. Uh, We recorded this late June. And here we are, early September. I even reference it that I was it was, might be a while before we get this out, but here we are. We did it. Episode twenty four of the Off the Weightless Podcast with Elena Chung. Enjoy. Hello. Oh, there you are. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Is your middle name Christensen? No, but that's my adopted family's name. Or oh, I, I, love I was adopted. Yeah, I was adopted into a family and their last name's Christensen. Beautiful. Okay, you also pronounced it correctly. What do people Chris do they do like a soft J? Yawns. Sometimes. Johnson. So remember back in the day when uh we had like actual landlines? And I do te- telemarketers. Mm-hmm. We used to get we, Chris. Chris Jansen's the most common. A lot of oh, they like set, they put a space in there. Yeah, Chris Jansen. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like sometimes I'll add four extra syllables, like Chris to Jansen. It's very rare yeah. that you get a Christensen. So kudos to you. Thank you. I try to be cognizant of name pronunciation because people, well, now Elena is more common, but when I was young, people would come up with all sorts of ways to say my name. Like, let's Lana. hear some. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, e, Elena seems like common sensey with the way your name is spelled. I think so too, but that would, would, would be the thing that trips people up. So I've gotten like Elena, Alana. True. True. Or a hard eat like the elena oh yes although one time i realized when i was like 20 that um both of my parents call me elena like they they do the hard e and i refer to myself as elena and i was like have i been mispronouncing my own name for like two decades <laughs> You're like what's my name i who, had yeah it was a little moment of crisis <laughs> uh that is so funny um hi first of all hi how's everything been Oh my gosh, it's been good. I feel like things have been sort of a wild ride in the past couple of years. And you know, we're in some of the same spheres. So things have been settling in nicely. I'm like enjoying that summertime is finally here. So yeah, it's been really nice. Where, where are you living right now? I live in Kingston. So you have to take a ferry to get Ooh, there. That's yeah. so cool. Uh, I love it. It's beautiful out here. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Uh, really appreciate it. I just, uh, I started this podcast and I, whenever I tell anyone I have a podcast, I see his air quotes. Uh, but um, I, I started this just because I wanted to get to know this Seattle fitness community a little more. And I love hearing people's stories. And so, and, you know, I also think that people need to share their stories more. And so I do my best to like pull it out of you for the most part, everyone's super willing to share. Um, 
And it's been, it's been a really good experience just like getting to know the Seattle fitness community. And I'm really excited for this because I know you, but I don't know, know you, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I we don't know, know each other, but yeah, um, I'm so excited to be here and you can take those air quotes off of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like you have a podcast and I'm hey, really honored go. to be here. Um, yeah. So just forewarning, we have 40 minutes. I'm way too cheap to buy the premium. So we'll probably get cut off and then come back on. Perfect. Um, I love it. I'm here for that. Yeah. You know, you know how we do it. Uh, Definitely. One thing I have my guests do is a 60 second life story. And so <laughs> you can feel free to share whatever you think is important, but you have 60 seconds to share a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you do it, where you're from, whatever, again, whatever it is that you feel like you want to share uh, in the 60 seconds. And when you have like 15 Ew. left, I'll give you like a little hand signal. So that way you can kind of, some people get it done like 30. They're like, my name's this. I'm from here. I teach. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and then other people Beautiful. are like still like trying to like get in as much info as possible. So, uh, cool. Are you ready? Yes. I'm are a little you, nervous. Let's do this. I was going to say, are you nervous? I'm it's good. a little it's, nervous. It's good to have a little anxious energy, you know, sometimes. Yeah. It just means you're excited. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everybody. My name is Elena Chung. I'm a yoga teacher based out of Kingston, which is very close to Seattle, Washington. I was born here in the Seattle area in Redmond, actually, and I'm an Aries. So <laughs> for all of you who love astrology, hey, um, let's see. I have been a yoga teacher since 2015 in Seattle, public classes, workshops, teacher trainings, all that jazz. And then I left all of that to teach Russell Wilson in 2019 as like his personal yoga teacher for the 2019 NFL season. And then COVID happened. And then I was kind of like, what am I doing? And I really love teaching anatomy. That's where my continuing education is in. I have my 500 hour with yoga medicine. That's about bringing yoga teachers up to working with physical therapists as an adjunct to healthcare. So I work with uh, athletes. I do therapeutic stuff. And now I teach for yoga works online. And I have two very cute dogs named Pipa and Inky. Pipa's a mini Aussie and Inky is a Chihuahua. And scene. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was a lot of information in one minute. I talk so fast in general. And then when I get nervous, I talk a little bit faster. <laughs> that was, that was incredible. You came in like very yoga, like, hi, my name is Elena, Elena. And then you just started going and then you just started going off. It was great. Um, That's my great. true Aries energy coming out. Yeah. Okay. Are you like super into astrology? Astrology? Um, sort of ironically, like I know too much about it. To say that it's ironic but I also take it all with a grain of salt I mostly just think it's fun <laughs> yeah me too I'm the same way people oh, what is your people, sign I'm a Scorpio okay so people are always you know shocked that I know what their sign is based off their birthday I'm like that's kind of just common knowledge isn't it <laughs> I think so too I'm like oh so you're a cancer this mm -hmm. explains a lot <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see like when when was your birthday okay got it yep I yeah. also I also like mixing eastern and western so what like what's your chinese zodiac animal 
I am, I'm a sheep. So I'm a sheep in Chinese astrology and I'm a ram in Western astrology. Got But interestingly, it. they represent two very different sides of things. Yeah. Like in, in Chinese astrology, it's very like feminine and Western. It's like, you're the ram with the horns, like True. masculine energy. <laughs> yeah. Fire sign. Yeah. What's yours? I'm all water. Oh. Like Scorpio is a water sign. Yeah. Um, I don't, do you know that in the Chinese Zodiac, there's earth elements to every, I'm a water pig. Like, <laughs> so like everything's just water. For I love me. that. So, you know, all you astrology metal fans are, Yeah. Oh, there you go. Metal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's just start from the beginning. Like I always do. Um, what were you like as a kid? I can see you being like kind of studious and, um, but also a little bit of a troublemaker. I don't know. Like, what were you like as a kid growing up in Redmond? I feel like, yeah, those are definitely two attributes. Um, I was really painfully shy as a child. Mm. Like, the one who just, like, I would hide behind my mom and, like, peek out from behind her leg. I was such a, like, hold me. I'm, like, such a big softie. I was a big baby like that. I was I was really shy. I was studious. Um, and I was very, very clean. That's, like, my mom's favorite story about me as a kid is, like, <laughs> She was so proud that I would always put the cereal box exactly where it's supposed to go, which looking back, so I'm half Japanese, half Chinese, and she's my Japanese parent. And I feel like that's something that comes out really big in, in my personality is like, sure. is that side of me? So I was really, I was kind of shy. I was studious, but I also um, like really love to experiment with things. So I have an older brother and we would just, he got me into video games and we would just like go off on little adventures, like before mom wakes up, like. I don't, whatever weird things that kids yeah. do. Um, so that's most, that's what I was like as a kid, just like a little bit shy. And, and, and then what about growing into like your adolescent years where you, did you start to come out of your shell a little bit, like into middle and high school, or was it still kind of this shy version of yourself? Mm -hmm. I think a little bit of both. I think I lacked a lot of um, confidence as a kid. It just wasn't something that was I guess my family was like a very Asian household. So often sure. like compared to other people or, you know, not that this is only an Asian culture thing, but like, that's not very ladylike or you should mm. be more like X, Y, Z. So I think that I wasn't super confident. Um, and so I was still shy, but I definitely inherently have a little bit more of a goofy personality. So I'd like to think that that started coming out more. Uh, in middle school and high school, I was a huge nerd. So I was like really into video games. And that was like a big part of my life growing up. Um, I And I did martial arts growing up, which I feel like is also uh, like so Asian. Um, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> But so it's like my parents made me do martial arts and I played a lot of video games. And I feel like that was me for a sure. long time. Sure. What, what, uh, what discipline did you take? Uh, I did karate for like 10 years. And I switched over to like a Kung Fu school in Bellevue. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, uh, it's, it's feels funny to say out loud. It feels like a long time ago, but yeah. Yeah, I, what's funny is I'm obviously Asian American and growing up, I wanted to do nothing with anything that had to do with being Asian. I, I did yeah. love video games, um, but you know, I think a lot of, kids do so that I'm not gonna say that's necessarily an Asian thing but oh my gosh I had this 
weird thing again it wasn't only until recently and recently i mean maybe the past seven eight years of my life where i started getting comfortable with being asian um in my own skin did you ever go through anything like that or was it pretty much kind of just like cool i'm asian yeah whatever oh no i totally relate to to what you've just shared as your experience and i think uh so i'm my dad came here from Hong Kong, but my mom is like third generation Japanese. Um, so I've had a like a really different influx of, um, I don't know, ways of thinking about being Asian, I guess. And sure. for me, I really struggled with it because it just felt like, and now I feel like we have the words for it, but this mm. whole like model minority myth was mm. something that I did not realize I was a, like a victim of or a part of for a really long time. I really didn't like being Asian. I didn't know how to deal with people pointing it out to me a lot. Like I, it just, instead of realizing it for what it was, I just internalized it and thought there was something inherently wrong with me. And I tried to really push it away for a long time. Um, but now it's something that I sometimes still struggle with maybe some of the nuances of the different cultures, but in general, I'm a lot more like proud of who I am and like where I've come from and the values that it's instilled in me and, you know, the different perspectives that it's given me. So it's like you, it sounds like, like, it sounds like we have a similar trajectory in our experience and relationship with it. Yeah, uh, totally. Because I think, like you said, we have language now to help us understand what we feel about the situation, which is so helpful. And you know, for me, it was very much when I lived with my dad, my biological father, it was very much like my model minority, like, like, you know, you have to be respectful, got to be kind, don't speak out, you know, talk when talk spoken to that whole and he was military. So it was even like, more oh, wow. intense. Um, that's a lot of overlap a lot of doubling down yeah for sure and just like first generation like Asian parents uh, single parent no mother so no. yeah so it was it was intense like growing up in that custom when I really didn't even want to um, do it but for you do, do you feel a big difference between your Japanese and Chinese cultures yeah definitely and I'm sure there are parts of it where, well, so my parents are divorced and like, I always used to joke, like they don't like each other for personal reasons <laughs> in addition to the differences between their cultures. Um, so some of this might just be like how my parents are and not a broader generalization, sure. but um, like the biggest thing that I had, I have observed, especially in the way that it impacts how I think about myself or my emotions um, is my mom's side tends to be very, very reserved and very, um, conservative mm. in with their feelings and how they express them or how they don't express them. And then with the Chinese side of my family, they're like for better or worse, very loud and like boisterous <laughs> and very honest about what they feel in a way that can sometimes feel jarring. Um, like it's really normal in my family when my family members see each other to be like, oh, hey, you got fatter. <laughs> like they'll just point those Classic. things out about each other. Yeah. Like as if and as if it's just passing conversation, like, oh, you dyed your hair. It's like right. the same level of intonation and meaning behind it. And so that was something I couldn't reconcile for a really long time. 
I was like, these are so different. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Yeah. And also like pressure to get married and have kids and like that whole situation. That's so interesting to me because my family is like pure blood Korean. Like my whole mom's side of the family is Korean. My whole dad's side of the, is Korean. And, you know, even, even in that situation, it, it, seems like there's always a dichotomy just like you said within two families my dad's side of the family is like probably your dad's side of the family where it's just everything's flying off the wall it's like five <laughs> women just loud and brash and really fun um well that's cool uh did you go to did you go to college anywhere i did i went to the university of washington here in seattle go dogs yeah uh, what did you study I did uh, a double degree. So I started with psychology and then I decided to add on biology. Um, and the difference between like a double degree and a double major is just that the double degree takes longer because I did a BS in biology and a BA in psych. So I was there for about four and a half years. Damn. That's, yeah. that's an overachiever right there. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it. Yeah, like looking back, I think so. And well, I guess I did take summer quarter, like every single quarter. And I was working while I was in school. Um, but it felt really natural because what I wanted to do at the time was get into like animal behavior. Okay, that's and cool. study animals. So I was starting with psychology. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do that thing, I better, better learn about biology, too. So it just felt like a very natural thing to fall into. Um, and I'm really glad that I did it, even though that's not what I'm doing at all now. Right. I was going to say, do you take anything from your double degrees into your work now? Oh, man. Actually, I really think that I do in that. Um, I think that the psychology side like really gave me um, mm -hmm. a good framework for like not just approaching being a teacher, but just like approaching everything that goes into wellness in general that goes beyond just like the physical stuff, but like the, sure. your, your mental state, emotional, spiritual, even if I don't have a specific understanding of an in, uh, like a specific topic at hand like I can understand it a little more broadly and then the biology degree I think really helped just frame up my love for the scientific side so within yoga and movement my specialty is really the anatomy and the biomechanics and that's the thing I'm really really interested in learning and understanding and working with people like from a therapeutic perspective or performance perspective so I definitely credit both of them to yeah, helping me. That sounds so me. cool. That sounds so cool. I think, I think also probably like work ethic. Yeah. I like just being so studious. I did not go to college. <laughs> and oh. I, well, I went to like one year of community college and I, I was like, <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah. Um, so well, that's a good but, thing to realize early on. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. but there's something to be said for like sticking something out and, you know, doing the work, even if there's times where you don't want to, and then getting to the finish line and being like, Hey, we did it. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of businesses, I think, look for a degree, not necessarily, even if it's in a particular field, but it's like, okay, this person like got their degree. So, you know, they're willing to put in some work. That's what we know about this person, at least. So, yeah, that's so funny. I never thought about it in those terms, but I totally agree. And I do think that that helps a lot being in the fitness industry and the wellness industry. It's a very much a hustle mentality. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
so okay let's let's see if we get this timeline correct because you went from video games to martial arts to to <laughs> biology and psychology when did yoga or fitness start to come into play like did you grow up playing sports other than martial arts or Oh my God. So I have, I don't have them. I still have allergies. I had really, really bad allergies as a kid, which is so it's like, that's why I was inside playing games all the time. I, not going outside. Like, yeah. My mom was like, you can't go out there. And I was like, okay. Um, so I never played any sports because all this, I'm growing up in Seattle. Are you from this area? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's like really rainy and cold all the time. And then as soon as it's like sunny, it's like springtime allergies. So sure. Um, I didn't ever play any sports really other than martial arts. Uh, and so to answer your actual question, it was basically uh, after I graduated college, I did a couple internships in animal behavior where I studied bats for a while. Like I helped a graduate student study some bats. And then I moved to Florida and studied dolphins as an intern for four months. Cool. And I was like, that was sweet. Yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun experience. Um, and then after that, uh, I realized all the internships for animal behavior were um, unpaid. And as I couldn't just keep hopping from unpaid internship to unpaid internship, and I had always had throughout college an interest in yoga. And so I found like a local yoga teacher training and I just dove in and taught my first class the day after my training ended. And then I never looked back. Wow, that that sounds like it happened so fast for you. I guess it did. It's the Aries energy is coming out, but like True. basically I felt like, um, so I took my training and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to teach, but then, um, the day, the very last day of my training, my teacher was like, who wants to do me a favor? And I was like, me, I do. I had no idea what it was. And she's like, congratulations. <laughs> you're going to teach my 9am class tomorrow. And I remember just looking at her and being like, yes, okay, I can do this. And it was, a I don't know if it was a great class, but we made it from yeah. point A to point B and everyone was super nice in the class. Um, and they're like, she did her first class and they were all super kind to me. Uh, and it just really piqued my interest and I just kind of rolled with it. That's so cool. Um, before we go more deeper into that, what are three of your favorite facts about dolphins? Oh, uh, okay. They're really smart. So um, first, they're really good at like object permanence. So, mm. you know, like your dog gets really sad when you leave because they think that you're never coming back. They they can, dolphins have the ability to like remember things. And um, we would always play these really fun memory games with them. And you'd have to have them guess like which hand is like the shape or the object you're holding in. And they would play all these fun guessing games. Um, the dolphins also have really distinct personalities. So my favorite dolphin was this little dude named Louie. He was saved in the Louisiana oil spill and he had like a 1% chance of surviving back in the wild. So they brought him in and he was just this little bad boy. He was like a teenager and he would sit next <laughs> to where, so they didn't share lagoons. There was like the moms and babies that Louie was in and there was the adult male lagoon and there was a fencing so they could communicate but they couldn't swim to it. And he would sit next to the fence and like make his little dolphin squeaks and clearly was talking shit because all the other males would come over and start like oh <laughs> talking my back god to him. so he was a little troublemaker and i was like louis that's my guy that's um, so funny he's like y'all ain't shit 
Yeah, totally. Over there in the the guy tank. They have amazing personalities. They're so distinct and they're really smart and they can live for so, so long. And they just have like wonderful memories. And ah, I just love them. They're great. I I do love dolphins. I, whenever anyone's like, what's your favorite animal? I never have a good answer, but dolphins might be up there. I do love me some dolphins. I think they're really cool. Yeah. They love jello. That's also, that's my third fact. Wow. So maybe that adds to your list as to why dolphins yeah. should be up there. <laughs> Jello shots, me and the dolphins. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> they know how to have a good time. Um, so this was in Florida, you said? Mm-hmm. You did... In the Florida Keys. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so coming from that first yoga class experience, was it this euphoric feeling where you were like, you know what? This is I'm I'm in. I'm hooked. I want to do this. I want to like deepen my training. What was that? What was that like? Or was it like, oh, that was cool. That was cute. <laughs> Doing my thing. I I think it was definitely more of the former. I'm the type of person where when I get really jazzed on something, I tend to dive all in. I don't really like tiptoe around it. Um, I And so I kind of just like dove right in. And then the first thing that came to mind for me was um, at the very, like yoga is a really deep and rich practice. And there's so many elements of it that I have to learn. But like the one thing that I know for sure, being a teacher in the Western world is that I'm leading people through a physical, like movement practice. So that sort of drove my attention to learning the anatomy piece of it, because I just felt like that was like the most tangible thing I could you know, put my hands on. So sure, it just sort of started going one step after the other like where can I find anatomy trainings where can I find more yoga trainings where can I teach I taught at like gyms and studios all over Seattle area so wow um was did do you feel like your karate training martial arts training do you ever feel like you're one of the um instructors there like, do you, do you feel like you bring any influence from your childhood into your classes or is it very I'm, much like yeah. your own thing or like the yoga people that have taught you? I'm sure that I do, although I haven't really thought about it in such a specific way before, because I, you know, what's interesting is, so I started teaching in my early twenties um, and being someone in my early twenties, uh, like a thin, able-bodied woman there was a like heavy expectation for how my class was like supposed to be in terms of being really fast paced really athletic really strong but I always have gravitated towards a slightly in in the western world's eyes a non-traditional approach I guess um in that I really valued slowing down and being present um and kind of like more of the quiet aspects of yoga and I do think that is something that has probably been influenced by my time studying martial arts, right? Like the mastery of self and um, kind of like using movement as a tool for self-reflection and introspection. And I think that's something that has always stayed with me in my time as a yoga teacher. Sure. Like just more intentional versus like getting a workout. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a part of what yoga maybe was originally intended to be and what the roots of yoga are in. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> you know, probably, probably, eh, who knows? There's no way um, to know such things. Wow. So, so you started yoga in 2015. 
Mm-hmm. And here we are 2023. So it hasn't really been that long. If yeah. like, I know, like, I know some people who have been in the fitness industry for like a really long time. And so your, your growth has been kind of crazy. When did you start realizing, did you have like a full-time job and did yoga classes or was it kind of fitness full-time right out of, right out of the gate? It was like full time right out the gate. So I started picking up class yoga classes as soon as I could when I graduated my training. And then I was working front desk at a yoga studio in Bellevue for a while and just sort of supplementing both of those things until I was able to transition into teaching full time, which was, I think at the time, there was a time when I was teaching like 16 to 18 classes a week. Ooh. I know, which I cannot imagine doing now. I, just I would, would not have the energy for that at all, but back in the day I definitely I did it's like you, you just for... you do what you got to do right yeah to make, it, to make it happen to do full-time full-time fitness is not easy it's not for the fainted heart for sure and no it's uh, not. do you want to shout out that studio what studio was it the one where I was which studio yeah, where I was teaching one. yeah 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 oh the the first studio I ever taught at is closed now um oh, it was bummer. called I don't even remember. It was located in uh, the U District, though. I think it was called Fruition Yoga. It's Ooh. been so long. <laughs> um, and then just then you started talking about Russell Wilson. How did first of all, before we get into that, Russell Wilson is <laughs> one of my favorite athletes ever. Before, and, and I mean, I still root for him, even though he's on another team. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think he's still a great guy. But how did that come to be? That's so cool. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Oh, man. It's such a weird story to recount because it feels like so long ago. It was only like three to four years ago. But um, so my teacher, uh, Tiffany Crookshank, she um, she's the one who I've studied with a lot. And I have my 500 hour through her and her school yoga medicine. Um, so back when so she used to live here in Seattle and obviously so did Russell uh, and they he was practicing with her on and off for a time and then when he was looking to bring on a full-time yoga teacher um at his performance team she recommended me so I remember where I was like sitting uh I was doing acro yoga and I looked at my phone and I got a text from Tiffany and it said I have an interesting client for you call me when you have time and I just remember like the exact moment that I called her and she said that I was like Holy crap, which is funny because I'm not really a big sports person, but I've learned a lot to sure. like a lot about appreciating like football sure. um, and sports now. now so that was wild. That's so crazy. I like how she said an interesting client. I'm like, what, what? I know. Wow, man, this Very is mysterious. crazy. He's like, he was like the king of Seattle for a long time. What was yeah, it like? It's, it's working... wild to think about. Yeah, I'm sure. What was what was it like working with a professional athlete and like seeing that kind of mindset versus, you know, in an average Joe Schmo like myself coming in a yoga class? <laughs> Is there like a big difference in a mindset shift or like how like how regimented he was in particular? Like what what are yeah. some what are some fun qualities that it was like working for a professional athlete on that level? So I think the first thing that stood out to me was like the level of dedication. Sure. to performing. And I think what's interesting is like 
as you move from a recreational to a professional level of athleticism, it's like the, the need or the ability to improve gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So you're looking for like the tiniest thing when you're already at the top that can set you above other people. So being able to figure out what that was and, and was really interesting because it meant that he was really open-minded to doing things that I feel like other people wouldn't be, or people who I know day to day, um, who identify as athletes or who identify as being very athletic and very fit would be like, I would never do that. That's weird. That's not what I want, but he would be really like, Oh, interesting. This will help with this. Okay. I'll try it. And I feel like that's really true with really elite athletes is that they're so open, so dedicated and they don't practice yoga for the practice of yoga, but there's so many elements of it that we can bring in like the mindfulness and the breathing and the relaxation. Um, so I think those were always really fun. I got to be really creative in the way that we work together. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think that's so cool because like you said, it's, I can, I imagine professional athletes, when you get to that level, everything's about the level of detail. And to your point, it's like, how detailed can we get it's not a broad spectrum of just like athleticism it's one tiny tweak and that's going to make a huge difference where for an everyday person like myself it might be like i mean come on it's it's fine like i don't need to go (laughs) an inch deeper into this or you know or even a half an inch or whatever the case may be whatever that kind of fine detail is did you feel a lot of pressure for yourself to perform at a high level for a professional athlete? Because when I think about training a professional athlete, it freaks me out. Like, I'd be (laughs) like, uh, listen, my imposter syndrome would kick in. I'd be like, yo, like, I'm not doing this because if this person doesn't perform, then like, I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely felt, I studied so much and like Tiffany was really there for me in like my transitioning into the role. Um, I did so much research, so much preparation, and I already had um, like a pretty strong background in education in yoga for athletes specifically. Um, But obviously working with someone at this level and caliber like really makes you want to step up to the plate. And I definitely um, experienced imposter syndrome, but I just used it as a means to fuel myself to do more and better uh, and to work a little bit harder. But what was nice was that it wasn't just me. Like and I'm not, I'm not sure if this is still the case. I think it is in some, for some people, but, uh, he had a whole performance team. And so it was me and then his personal trainer, he had a massage therapist, physical therapist. So I was able to fit in as a part of the puzzle instead of having all of the responsibility put on me. So I would take a lot of direction from his physical therapist in terms of what to work on and what to focus on. So that was really nice. Yeah, that seems really cool as like a collaborative, like we're part of this team. I think that that would make me feel more at ease as well. Um, Yeah. And I, oh, sorry. No, you go. I I was just going to say, and I'm sure you know this too, being in the fitness industry, that it's like, it can be such a one-man show. It's like, come to my classes, ignore everybody else. There's all this competition. The market's oversaturated. It's very, and maybe that's not the case when you're teaching at places like Barry's though, where it's very much about community, but at least in yoga, it can feel very much like an insulated endeavor um, of trying to, you know, get the students be the most popular teacher. And that was the first time I was a part of a team with such a dedicated, larger vision. And I really, really loved that feeling. Um, you know, it's something that I think is hard to find in fitness sometimes. Uh, but that's, that was something that has really stuck with me since working there. Yeah. Like impossible to find 
<laughs> you know, especially to that so. level. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. And then um, I think that's so cool. I listen again. That level just goes to show how I think how not only dedicated you are to your craft, but also how knowledgeable you are. The fact that someone would trust you with a an athlete on that level says a, like says kind of everything that you need to know about your knowledge of what you do so major major oh, gosh thank you you're gonna make um, me blush <laughs> <laughs> uh what what transitioned then to halo that's how we met is through amazon halo um was there anything in between there or how did that how did that come about oh man well RIP Halo and also, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so basically the pandemic hit. Uh, so I was kind of like, what am I doing? As we all were as a universe. And then also within fitness, it's like, what do we do? Studios are shut down. Gyms are shut down. Um, you know, it's so funny. I am so, I remember really emphatically thinking I will never, ever teach online. Screw that. I hate that. I could never do it. Uh, and then Halo, as you know, like opened up and started filming here in Seattle. And I um, had been friends with Elizabeth Smith Andrews. Um, and she kept being like, you guys have to bring Elena in to film yoga. And during their very, very first test shoot, they didn't think they had time. And then they ended up having like one afternoon to film yoga. And uh, I think maybe Landron had filmed as well. But they called me and they're like, can you come in tomorrow? And I like was supposed to be doing something else like I was working the front desk at a physical therapy clinic and I was like, yeah, I can be there. And then just like left my job early. <laughs> and I, Sorry, y'all, we're closed. Like, yeah, it's like, I just stepped out and didn't ask permission. And I was like, I have to go do this thing. This is like, Damn. I, I put all the, my ducks in a row. So it wasn't like I was leaving everybody sure, sure, high sure, and sure, dry. Sure. And it was a very slow Friday afternoon. So I was like, everything is accounted for. Everything's good. Um, you know, my other boss told me I could leave. So I'm just gonna like, oh, and yeah. <laughs> ran over there and filmed and then um, got just kind of kept going from there. And I became like a contractor with them. And that's how I started doing all their yoga stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. It had, it has so much potential. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull out something out of you because I know you worked a little deeper behind the scenes with that situation. And I was just, I'm like, I'm just, I just work here. What I, like, you know, um, I no, you go. <laughs> um, well, let's see. It was quite the experience working there. I think as we all know, Amazon is a part, it's like a big staple of a lot of our lives though. There's not a lot of like love for Amazon. And I think that all of the initial sentiments that one might feel <laughs> about hearing about Amazon and a fitness app, like those reservations are things that are probably totally valid. Although I will say that, although I did not necessarily agree or jive with the whole like climbing up the corporate ladder thing, I really loved the people that I worked with and the people yes. that you worked with. So everyone on set, super awesome, really, really talented amazing people I learned so much in my time mm. being there so like don't let my hesitation or my mixed bag of feelings sound like I'm not grateful for the opportunity because I learned so much about like being on camera which is funny because when I was a kid my mom made me do like child modeling and I was like 
uh, <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, I, I like learned about being on camera. Um, being a part of the crew was awesome. Corporations are not the the best. <laughs> yeah, that's, that. that's very true. That's very true. And, but to your point, the crew was amazing. The crew was top notch. Everyone was so helpful, so kind. Um, all the trainers getting to meet the trainer, like everyone in that building was really, really great. And I'm super grateful for that too. Like you said, if not for the experience, I, I'm in front of a camera, not a lot, but often enough with my acting stuff, but it kind of melded the two together in a way that was very unique and in a way that kind of told me like, Hey, I could kind of do this. Welcome back. That was just like our commercial break. You know, I love it. We have sponsors that we got to, that we got to plug. <laughs> If you were to be sponsored, who would you want to be sponsored Ooh, by? Good question. Hmm. Wow. I didn't know you are going to turn this around on me. I know. Ooh. How the tables have turned. Uh, probably like Nike. I don't know. <laughs> totally. I, That's it's a good answer. <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like send some free shoes <laughs> slash gear. I would love it. Um, thank you for that, for embarrassing me in front of my five <laughs> listeners. Anytime. Uh, yeah. Um, have you listened to any episodes? If not, then I won't be offended. I've listened to half okay. of the one with Ashley. And the reason it was only half was because I was, um, I listened to podcasts when I'm on the ferry to go over to Edmonds to teach. So I listened to like the first half of it and then I have it. And then you had to the stop. Yeah, yeah. Colleen yeah. actually was the first episode ever. I'm going to listen to that one too. Yeah. She was so help. She was so great. I mean, obviously Colleen's like the sweetest person ever along with like being like unabashedly herself. I love that. I, you know, it's funny. Colleen is another person who I've only met through Halo, similar to how I've only met you through Halo. And it's like so many things to be grateful for, including sure. knowing you guys and like sure. getting introduced to all of you. Uh, have you, I, for, I forgot, cause I have friends that live in and work in Edmonds and my, my brother and, uh, his girlfriend live in Edmonds and I'm from Shoreline, which is close. Okay. Um, so I know that area pretty well. Have you ever been to this restaurant called Barcada? No, but I have been to Bar Dojo. <laughs> What's that? It's, it's like a really good Asian restaurant and they have like the best cocktails of all time. Okay, it's and so it's in Edmonds. Good. Yeah, Bar Dojo. I thought I thought I thought that's where you were going. Um, but no, yeah, I, I've never been. B A R D O J O. Yeah, like Bar Space Dojo. <laughs> oh wow, sweet. No, Barcada. Okay. Barcada. It's that's like funny. um, Filipino Hawaiian style food. In Edmonds, yeah, like in down. Okay, I've never been, but I will put that on my list. Yeah, I love it there. It's very, very good. It's like it's very. I can imagine on like a super sunny day, it feels like it's like San Diego vibes. It's like a walk up Ooh. cafe style, and there's like outdoor seating. It's very, very fun. I didn't know this was going to be a barcada plug in this section of the podcast, but here we Maybe go. Maybe they'll sponsor you. Yeah, or Bar Dojo. Yeah. um great oh my gosh yeah that'd be funny if someone listened to that and be like oh my god i know bardojo too yeah, uh, and I then they that. can yeah and then they can reach out to bardojo and be like my guy did a podcast and he mentioned to you did you get anyone I, to come in 
We're manifesting it right now. Yeah, come on. Need some sponsorships <laughs> on this. I ain't doing this for free very much longer. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, let's just do it. Let's go on our quick hitters. There's three levels. Level one is very, very easy, I would say. Very simple. Um, very kind of surface level. Okay. Are you ready? I have a question first. <laughs> <laughs> That's so me. I'm like, I'm yeah, sorry. I just, I had that whole setup. Okay. What's up? Yeah. No Okay. So quick hitters, like I should try to be as succinct and quick as possible in my uh, answer. Yeah. Is that the well, implication? Le yeah. Level one's like very like one word type answer or like very short form. Okay. Answer. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I have a question. Uh, yeah. Okay. Level one. Do you like pizza or tacos better? Or not both? Tacos. Mm. Do you have a favorite taco place? No, but definitely there just aren't that many out here, but I definitely don't like American tacos. They have to be like le legitimate tacos. Sure, like, like out of a truck? Out of a truck is preferred, yes. Yeah, not like Taco Bell? <laughs> You hit the nail on the head. You said what I wasn't willing to yeah. say. Come on, come on. No one's listening to this. It's fine. You can say, <laughs> you can that say one whatever. person listening yeah. loves Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of people that love fucking Taco Bell. So yeah, it's like blast for me. Sure. Yeah. Time sure. of day. If you're, yeah, if you're drunk mind. at 2 a.m., you're like, fucking Taco let's Bell. get some Taco Bell. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Chalupa Supreme. Um <laughs> Chalupas are fire though, I will say. I've never had a chalupa. So. Well, it's probably a good thing, honestly. <laughs> uh, you don't, do you like pizza? I do. I love pizza. Yeah. Just yeah. talk. You'd rather have tacos. I don't. Yeah. I think just on any given day, tacos are the mood. You're sure. more likely to catch me in a taco mood, if you know what I mean. I feel you. Okay. We spent way <laughs> too much time on that one. Uh, dogs or cats? Are you a dog person or a cat person? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Definitely do you have a dog? Dogs. I have two dogs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Are you listening yeah. to my 60 second intro? I ended with I have an Inky and I have a There we go. Inky and Peepa. <laughs> what kind of dogs are they again? Inky is a Chihuahua. That's right. And Peepa is a mini Aussie. Oh, so cute. I know. Um, are you a nature person or a beach person? Like, would you rather spend an two hours on the beach or in like the mountains and shit? That's really stressful. Can I choose both? I mean, no. Okay, great. Okay. The beach. <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Way to pick a lane. Thank you. Do I want to work on being decisive this year? <laughs> yeah, me too. Jeez. Yeah. Um, this is a really random question that I love to ask. Would you rather have a really great chicken nugget with terrible sauce or the other way around, a really terrible nugget but out of this world sauce. If long, as long as the chicken nugget, so it can be bad, but if, as long as it won't make me sick, sure. Like that level, I think I would do the bad, the bad nuggie with the good sauce okay. because the sauce you could just kick it in the sauce. Sure. So like but, a chicken, like a like a McNugget from McDonald's. You're saying? Are those not considered good? No, I love them. <laughs> they're like my favorite. They're favorite. They're like my favorite chicken. That's so funny. What, what's your favorite sauce? I know what fitness people think. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I, I, oh my God. Okay. This is, I feel like this is blasphemy, but when I was a kid, I really liked to do like straight up honey with a chicken nugget. Wow. I know. Just straight honey. Hmm. I, I don't know if yeah. I've ever tried that because it's always like honey mustard. The honey, it's like a sweet and savory situation. Yeah. And then it's like you when like... they do a drizzled honey on pizza. Sure. That makes sense because it's like, uh, or like waffle, like chicken and waffles when you do like a little honey on top. Mm. Exactly like that. Hmm. Uh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm hungry all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. Would you rather explore the depths of the ocean or the infinite space? Space. Mm. Definitely space. Yeah. You would be surprised how many people say the ocean. Well, I guess with now with uh, being so topical right now. Maybe, oh, right. Maybe the whole tight titan titanic situation yeah man listen I, I personally i think it's a little weird that people are making memes out of it and stuff like that like i'm like you know people people died on that thing and yeah. I, and i get it it's like culturally culturally relevant but it seems i don't know i don't I, you, know, you know what i mean i feel like weird when i see like people trying to be funny about it like i mean i i'd laugh for sure, because like <laughs> people are so fucking funny and so creative. But uh, another part like, of me is like, bad. yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like too. I soon. love that admission that you yeah. have. You're like building it all. You're like teeing it up. Like this is a terrible thing. I laughed so hard, but yeah. I felt bad about it. Like yeah, I re I really did. Like you know, I there there is that twinge of like, is it too soon? Is it too you soon? You know, the way that I, I the way that I might think about it is like that people are making those memes because it's their way of dealing with, you know, the deep unfathomable question of like, what happens after death? It's like how people deal with their no, own mortality. fuck that. Fuck that. No, that's not <laughs> it at all. Oh, people come are on. Just, people are just trying to get impressions and likes. Well, it worked on you. You laughed. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. I liked way too many of them and shared way too many of them to my friends. Okay. Like, Did you see this one? But only in private. Yeah, only in private. Never yeah, totally. Story. Um, no, 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 never. All right. What? What do? You, what? What about space? Do you like that? It's so um, unknown. I think it's just that it's so unknown. Which, and there's just so, and I think there's just obviously there's just no way that there isn't life out there or something more just like unfathomable again by us. So, do you think yeah. like it's a, it's like a multiverse? Like there's multiple versions of us out there somewhere. Ooh. I don't, I want to say yes, just because it sounds fun. Sure. Like there's an Elena somewhere doing all sorts of other weird things. Sure. Yeah. Um, would you rather be able to see the future or change the past? I, I would like, like to say, like ne both? no, I would oh. say neither, Ooh. but maybe, maybe change the past. Okay. Yeah. If I, I like, I like the neither answer. Yeah. Well, I just think that it's like seeing the future would take the fun out of it and sure. being able to change the past would lead to a lot of different potential consequences. It's all those different multiverses we were talking about. Sure. But also it's like a big point of being a person is like you get to learn from the mistakes that totally. you've made. Maybe the things I would change are like things that have like hurt people. Sure. Um, and then it's like, and you get to like have the idea that you can d decide your own fate. So yeah, I like that. Um, okay, we're moving on. Level two. We got to get through these. Okay. What would your superhuman ability be? Ooh, telekinesis. 
because because you're lazy or like, <laughs> I mean a little bit I'm very efficient the remote is so far <laughs> I feel like that would be a better use of that power than like a bunch of evil stuff okay <laughs> so at least I would use it to just like make my life a little bit less inconvenient and not sure. like take over the world so sure Plus, you could like fly you can make yourself fly imagine <laughs> this is where my brain goes imagine being in a yoga class where the instructor is levitating oh my god like you cool. would just believe everything you would yeah just like you're yeah, like okay. are you jesus <laughs> yeah. like, quick sidebar yeah. are you jesus <laughs> yeah like what what's going on um what's your favorite meal you mean like meal of the day or, or no food? like 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 your lat like your last supper tonkatsu curry wow yeah that's because that's like the one thing I like to cook. So, um, okay, so I'll I'll come over then like next weekend for yeah anytime. Oh, Tonkatsu yeah. curry will be yeah. ready <laughs> for sure. Um, do you have any current? Oh, sorry. Do you have a hidden talent that not a lot of people know about? I have. It's not a talent, but it's a. I call it my like hidden half useful superpower, which Ooh. is that I tend to get to places before lines form. Although it doesn't work in places that are naturally busy, like airports and amusement parks. Sure. But like at a cafe, you're like, oh man, there's no yeah. one here. And then right when you order, oh my God, we missed the rush. That happens to you a lot? Yeah, like all the time. I so, like that. So go to places with you. Um, yeah. And then we'll eat tonkatsu curry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any current podcasts or shows you're obsessed with or do you do that kind of stuff do you watch tv do you listen to podcasts i i don't have a current podcast obsession oh except for this one of course Duh. the wait list you might have heard of him his name is moses um <laughs> my favorite show i my boyfriend and i just finished watching ted lasso and yes Mandalorian. yes so, yes my two favorites oh, i fucking love ted lasso it's so it's such a feel good wholesome show and they it's do the it best. so well. Yeah. I just like uh whenever I feel sad I'm like let's just watch it from the yeah. beginning. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um do you have a dream dinner guest? Fictional, real, dead, alive, could be anyone. Whoa. <laughs> maybe I... like maybe maybe Jesus. There we go. Just because I would love to have a lot of questions answered, and I feel like not because I'm not particularly religious, sure. um, but did I just feel like up? it'd be very interesting. Did you grow up religious uh, or in a religious setting? Like, did you go to church a lot? Uh, my parents would have liked me to go, but no. You were always <laughs> sick on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel good. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Except just like that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm so I'm so shy. Yeah, <laughs> so shy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a good one honestly i i don't know i haven't heard that answer a lot but it seems like an obvious one yeah i feel like it's obvious and maybe people don't pick it but i actually right. feel like it'd be really interesting it would be very very interesting i totally agree i think you know if everything in the gospel is true then at least he would have some cool fucking stories oh absolutely and i'd be like what do you think about your followers today <laughs> and then just recall and being like oh my god that's totally didn't even happen that way this is what happened like a podcast with jesus would be the best 
Oh, it would be. Yeah. Get all the facts straight. <laughs> yeah. Fact check with Jesus. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Uh, that should be at someone's TikTok. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I let's take credit for that idea. Yeah, though. for sure, for sure. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, yeah. June twenty seventh. Although I shouldn't say the day because sometimes it takes me hella long to edit this, and it's embarrassing how long it takes me to get this out. Oh um, man. What's your favorite way to work out or move your body? Is it yoga? It you it for a long time it was. Now it's like anything. I like, mm. I don't really have a favorite at this exact moment. I love like, cool. but my general routine is like walking, um, like weightlifting, yoga, climbing, hiking. All of it's good. Um, any advice for someone who is just getting started in, in fitness? Oh, say yes to a lot of things, but also learn how to say no. <laughs> which is so vague, but I feel like it's really important to like say yes to like taking on these opportunities and to like really diving in um, and then learning when it's time to roll back because it's so easy to keep saying yes because you don't want to lose out or you feel like you have to just remember that your energy is precious and you'll be able to best show up for others if you can like show up for yourself first. Uh, You couldn't have said that at a more perfect time. It's, it's very, it's, it's just in my life in general. Um, it's very applicable. Um, oh. so, uh, not for me personally, but <laughs> just like for other people, I mean, I mean, maybe me personally, I should probably take heed to that advice. All right. Level three, this is it. We're going deeper. Okay. Um, ready. what advice would you give to your younger self? Little shy version of you Aww. doing, uh, doing uh. karate. Yeah. Uh, don't care so much about what other people think. Oh, such a good one. I know. I'm still learning it. I'm yeah. a lot better now, but I could have really used that advice as a child. Do you have Be a true me- to who you are? Yeah. Do you have like a memory that sticks out where it's like, God, I, I like, I wish I would have done that, but I was too scared because of what people would think. Oh, I don't even, I don't know. I yeah. think that was like, it wasn't like one specific event, sure. probably. I'm sure there were many, but maybe sure. I blocked them out. Yeah. <laughs> so there isn't something specific that I can think of, but yeah. I know there were many times I held back because I was afraid of what people would think of me. Also, this question just came to my head. What were you like in karate? Were, like, were you painfully shy? And then once you got in there, you were like, oh. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, were you like all in? I think I was like, or were you like half-assing it? I would like fully commit when someone was watching, but mm. I, like any child, was like, I'd rather be at home playing Zelda. So sure. <laughs> I, ah. would, I, would, I would do the work and show up as much as maybe I needed to or as I could or as I thought was acceptable. Is, uh, is Zelda your favorite video game franchise? I think it's probably Final Fantasy. Ooh. Yeah. Which, which Final Fantasy is your favorite? I've thought about this a lot over the years. I think I have to say Final Fantasy IX, not because I think it's objectively the best, but it's the first one I ever played. So it just has a very, very like precious spot in my heart. Good answer. Not I, I know nothing about Final Fantasy, but that's a great way to answer it because it's like, it's what brought you into the franchise and what, yeah, I think that's a great yeah. answer. Well, thank um, you. What are some short-term goals and some long-term goals you have? Short-term being like in the next year, long-term being like next five, 10 years, maybe? 
Mm, okay, short-term goal. I really want to do a day hike through the enchantments. Ooh. So that's something that I'm like training for actively. Um, my friend and I are hoping to do in September. Um, I suppose within the next year. So I'm hosting my first yoga retreat to the Galapagos in April uh, with one of my teacher friends. I know, right? I'm like, feel free to come. Shout out. Come to the Galapagos with me. Um, So I really want to like do my best with that and have a great retreat. Um, It'd be great to sell it out. It would be great to do a great job while I'm there and experience all the Galapagos has to offer. Um, Long-term goals. Huh. I think it's like, this is so vague, but it's like, I really want to be happy. So to me, that just means like being able to pay attention to what I need day in and day out, but also recognizing how things might change as my life progresses. And like, I guess my long-term goal is to be able to like roll with the punches and roll with the inevitable things that time brings and just be like adaptable enough and malleable enough and open-minded enough to Hmm. know when to make way for new things and like when to let other stuff go. Good answer. Yeah. Fair answer. Okay. Yeah. That was like really well said and concise and clear. Uh, Great great job. A plus. Uh, A plus. Uh, I know. I'm like, I'm like, yes, the validation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real quick. Do you want to plug your retreat? Tell us about it. What, like how, when is it? What, how, like what, like tell, tell me about it. Sure. So it's mid-April. We'll be going to the Galapagos for 10 days. So I'm co-teaching uh, with Jessie Shine. She's one of the other teachers at YogaWorks. Um, and YogaWorks is hosting this in partnership with the Travel Yogi. So if you don't know yoga retreats, the Travel Yogi is like the number one name. They they can like, they do it all. It's like a really all-inclusive supported experience. So basically we go and we have adventures all day and you get yoga in the morning and yoga in the evening. And it's pretty much like, you can see all that there is to offer. You can go snorkeling. You can see the tortoises. You get delicious food. You get awesome yoga. You can take a nap. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. How, how does one sign up for that? Oh, thank you for asking. If you go to the Travel Yogi website or on the Yoga Works website, you'll see underneath retreats. If you look for the Galapagos, you'll see my name, Elena Chung, and Jesse Shine in April 2024. April 2024. Use the promo code off the waitlist to get 10% off. I'm just kidding. That is a <laughs> I joke. Wish. That, that would is be a amazing. joke. Do not do that and do not at me. That is a joke. <laughs> and don't uh, complain to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work, you're like, where's my 10%? Um, <laughs> if you could start any type of charity, what kind of charity work would you do? Ooh. Okay, so like a really realistic answer would be something that has to do with nature and saving the planet because mm. it's the thing that we all live on and it's if we're for any other change that's going to happen, we'll have to have a planet first. So sure. that's one answer. My other answer is like if there was an organization that could truly hold all of the very overly wealthy and not great people in the world accountable, I would start that charity and donate all my money to it. <laughs> Wow. Those are my answers. Great, great answer. Never heard that one before. But it makes sense, right? Like that would be like a thing you would donate to. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. What is one thing that you could, would, that you would change in the fitness industry? Hmm. I think it would be 
Oh, there's a lot of things. Okay, so I guess it would be uh, the tendency that people have to um, pick on people's fear or like aspirations to sell their business, right? It's like, oh, and, and kind of like making movement this thing to be afraid of. Like, if you don't do it like this, you're going to get injured. Or sure. if you don't move like this, you're never going to be happy. And they're kind of playing on people's fears, um, you know, playing, and kind of, it's really predatory in my yeah. opinion. Um, and I wish that people would sell movement. Um, sure, they have to meet people where they're at and with people's own personal goals, but also recognizing that movement is a thing that helps us feel better in general across the board. And it doesn't have to come in one specific package or in one specific form. Um, and, you know, everybody's coming at movement from a different place. So the whole, sure. like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day thing, like speaks of a lot of privilege in my perspective. So I would change that mindset around access to movement. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I always tell this to people who are like, man, you're so inspiring. You, you like work out on time. This is what I do. Like I have no, I don't have a family. I have no kids to take care of. I, you know, like we have your dog. Well, yeah, but like yeah, Kobe. The, per, the what's more inspiring to me is like the mom of three, who like three different ages got a you know three different schedules, taking her twelve year old to soccer practice, doing you know taking their eight year old to dance lesson, whatever. And still making time to like an hour out of their day to like work out. I think that's way more inspiring than someone who's in the industry and just around it all the time. And just like, you know, this is just what I do. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So totally. to your point, it's like, you know, kind of celebrating that way. And like you said, not using fear as like a tactic to try and pe to get people to like buy your program or whatever. I think that's really great. Thanks um, for asking. What's your why? What pulls you out of bed in the morning? Oh, oh boy. Um, I really, this is so cheesy, but I really, really want to make the world a better place. And I think that I can do it. And I don't mean that I think I have all the answers or that I'm the one yoga teacher or the one movement coach, not at all. But I think um, I really, really strongly believe in movement as a way for people to like reclaim their sense of autonomy and empowerment in a world that tries so hard to take it away from us through like capitalism and consumerism. And that's, this is not meant to be a political commentary on capitalism by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I feel like we just forget that we are in this body and this is the way we experience the world. And I care so much about like that light bulb moment that students have and the moments that I have had in reconnecting to my body and, and finding my own sense of who I am through a movement practice, like that's something that I really believe in sharing with everybody. And I think that everyone can find that. And I think that can come in any form. So that's why I get out of bed every day and, you know, hit the yoga mat. Listen, my girl is cooking over there. Oh, <laughs> she got me inspired. Um, great Don't answer. Get it, Moses. Uh, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, and last question, we are, we're getting close. Thank you so mm -hmm. much again for your time. I know we are, we're going over. Um, who would you like to hear on the off the waitlist podcast? And you Ooh. have to help me try to get them on the podcast. Like be like, Hey, this guy's <laughs> this weird guy that you don't know is going to reach out to you. It's going to ask you to be on his pod podcast. 
<laughs> He's gonna ask you a I'll bunch of weird the air questions. Quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's cool, man. I promise. <laughs> um uh her name is Aaliyah Irvin. She is one of she's in the fitness industry here in Seattle. Uh she started Run North of Seattle. Um, and we actually met a long time ago she was filming for uh, just move so she's like a running coach she's a yoga teacher as well when i was doing some youtube videos for rei she was on as one of my guest teachers she did we did a strength for runners class together oh, cool um yeah she's really inspiring really knowledgeable and has so much to say and share and i could go on but i'll stop there i'll definitely let her know um, yeah that's I dope yeah send me her instagram or if she has one i will definitely um, this has been really, really great. I so appreciate your time and your energy and your thoughtfulness and uh, just everything. It's It was really great getting to know you even more. We'll have to go get dinner at Edmund sometime. Um, yeah. And in closing, let the people know where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you, all your socials. Um, I don't call it self-promoting because I'm forcing you to do it. So I love it. it. Thank you. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's been such an honor and a pleasure um, to get to chat with you. For all of you listening, you can find me on Instagram at Elena Shapeshifts. And I have a website, elenashapeshifts.com. If you want to practice with me on the internet, I teach for Yoga Works. Um, I teach a lot of therapeutic classes um, and beginner level classes as well. Um, so you can find me there. My one in-person yoga class is at Twist Yoga in Edmonds. So you can find me there on Monday nights at 6.45 p.m. Hey, that's where I am. So let's go. Sign up for Galapagos. And sign up for the Galapagos. Thank you. <laughs> let's go. Ah, thank you so much for your time. This has been so, so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. Thank you. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.